Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Spark Rentals Facebook Live and podcast. Um, hey please let us know where you are tuning in from. And um, as we go along, ask your questions. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be related to our subject matter. If you have any questions, just ask away. Um, and with that, uh, last week, if you joined us, we talked about at the eviction moratorium and ironically um, a few hours after we got done our <laughs> Facebook live um, uh, they extended the eviction moratorium once again so of course interesting <laughs> and um, this week we're actually going to be talking about the foreclosure moratorium and um, how that will affect us real estate investors. So, um, Brian, why don't you start us up on when this ended and and how what this means? <laughs> so, unlike the eviction moratorium, the foreclosure moratorium did expire at the end of July, uh, at least officially. Unofficially, <laughs> it's a lot more complicated than that, and we're going to get into that today. Um, so, you know, the short version here is that I wouldn't expect an enormous wave of foreclosures about to, you know, flood, <laughs> flood the market. Um, so the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they have instituted three new rules to slow down foreclosures for the remainder of 2021. And those rules make it pretty difficult for lenders to foreclose. Now, keep in mind that these rules only apply to owner-occupied properties. These do not apply to second homes. These do not apply to uh, investment properties. So here are the three rules, and we're not going to get into you know, the weeds of these. But uh, the first rule is that the lender must collect a loss mitigation application from borrowers who are behind. And... Uh, only after they go through all foreclosure avoidance options can lenders proceed with foreclosure. And they have to give borrowers at least three options for uh, foreclosure avoidance. One is uh, resuming regular payments and moving any missed payments to the end of their mortgage term. Uh, another is mm -hmm. modifying the loan's length or interest rate. Uh, or three, you know, working with the seller to or working with the borrower for them to sell the home and repay the loan. <laughs> So lenders have to ironically foreclosures take a long time anyway. So now they're going to take even longer. Well, right. So, you know, Denny, you and I talk all the time about how long evictions take and how landlords often underestimate and, you know, especially the general public vastly underestimates the amount of time that it takes to evict someone. It's, it's a lengthy process in most states and most cities. Uh, foreclosure process is even longer um, because the lender doesn't own the property, uh, the borrower owns the property. So you have to actually 
reclaim, you have to take legal ownership away from the borrower in order to foreclose rather than just taking possession like landlords do since the landlord actually owns the property. Uh, so yeah, the foreclosure process is pretty lengthy and expensive for lenders to begin with. Uh, it's now even longer. Uh, so anyway, so that was the first rule. Uh, second rule is if the lender suspects that the property is abandoned, the lender must confirm that the property is abandoned under state and local laws where the property exists, where it sits, uh, before they can proceed with foreclosure. And the third rule is if borrowers are unresponsive, uh, if they do not respond to the lender's um, request for a loss mitigation application when they're behind, um, then the lender has to wait until the homeowner is at least four months behind on their rent uh, and is has been unresponsive for at least 90 days before they can even begin the foreclosure process. You mean on their so, mortgage, right? Yeah. Right. So sorry, you said rent. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, behind at least <laughs> four months behind on their mortgage payments, um, uh, and unresponsive for at least ninety days. Uh, so the bottom line is, even though the the foreclosure moratorium technically ended at the end of July, the Biden administration has basically tied lenders' hands on this, so they will not easily be able to foreclose on any homeowners for the rest of 2021. Uh, now, these rules do expire on January 1st, 2022. They could be extended, of course. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of that going around over the last year and a half. Um, now, keep in mind that these rules are in addition to existing rules on foreclosures that uh, bar loan servicers from starting the foreclosure process uh, until at least 120 days of delinquency and you know until the homeowner is behind for at least 120 days four months basically uh on their mortgage payments so you know it, this is it's really hard for lenders to foreclose right now um now these, jeff moore these... has put in a comment i have been predicting no for a year uh no wave of foreclosures um yeah, I mean the the government is not going to allow a, a wave of foreclosures. Basically, <laughs> uh, is, is the short version here. Um, no more than a wave of evictions. Right. So uh, these these temporary rules that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has put in place they do apply to all primary residences, not just federally backed mortgages. Um, not that it would matter that much anyway, because uh, most homeowner mortgages in the U.S. are based on federally backed mortgages. You know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, FHA, USDA, VA. Um, that's just how the industry is. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, and speaking of federally backed mortgages, all of these um, mortgage, all of these divisions of the government, and all of these different federally backed loan programs, they all have very extensive forbearance programs that are still in place. The earliest of those to expire expires at the end of September. Some of them expire at the end of October. And again, they may well be extended. So uh, keep that in mind. So uh, is there going to be, are there going to be any foreclosures hitting the market over the next few months? Um, maybe a few, you know, second homes, investment properties, they are still able to be foreclosed on by lenders. Um, Let me ask you this, Brian. Yeah. What about um, small multis? Do you th and somebody is living in one and renting out the three? Do you think they have some leeway? They fall under or? this protection as long as the property is four or fewer units and as long as they live in one of those units. 
Okay. So uh, for lending purposes, residential properties are one to four units. Anything over four units is classified as commercial for lending purposes. Thanks. So there will not be a huge influx of cheap inventory to hit the market over the next few months <laughs> and, and alleviate this housing shortage that we've all been talking about for the last year. Um, and, you know, with second homes and investment properties, you know, these are typically owned by the upper middle class. And, uh, you know, the middle class, the upper middle class uh, Americans, they're all doing pretty well, actually. I mean, home values are up significantly year over year. Stock markets are up significantly. So, you know, the middle and upper middle classes are actually doing pretty well. You know, not a lot of them are in foreclosure. Uh, you know, so even, I mean, even if lenders could foreclose on these, and they can, of course, on second homes and investment properties, there's not that many uh, of these houses that are behind on these loans. Um, so, Denny, let's talk about some alternative ways to find good deals on properties since there isn't going to be this enormous flood of foreclosures, you know, hitting the market and, uh, you know, introducing a whole bunch of cheap inventory to alleviate this housing shortage. Well, um, we have talked about some of these before on, on other programs, but one is to contact homeowners that are in a tax sale. Um, and to do that, we have some different ways to find that out, right, Brian? There's, oh, absolutely. Um, PropStream being the, the easiest. Um, that's, right. That's, I, mean, I know that's one that you rave about. Uh, and it is, it's very good software. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, pennies. I mean, it's not super cheap, um, but it's right. really good. <laughs> it's, it's very effective in finding uh, distressed sales, basically. And that includes far more than just foreclosures. Um, that includes tax sales, of course, um, judgments and liens and divorces. Um, and, and, you know, as far as pre-foreclosures when they're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. And it does. So it does include homeowners who are behind and where their lenders are starting to go through the process of foreclosing, but haven't actually uh, put the property up for auction yet. So. Uh, pre-foreclosures are actually a great way to, to find deals. Um, but yeah, you know, with tax sales, don't expect local governments to be as forgiving as the federal government with, with these things. Local governments want their money. So if you don't pay your property taxes, I mean, they're, they're going to sell your property at tax sale. Um, and even, you know, property owners who are in the beginning stages of tax sale, you know, a lot of them just want to sell. You know, they don't want to deal with the hassle. They obviously don't want their property to go to tax sale. Um, so often right. they will be amenable to a, a quick sale, potentially with a lowball offer. Um, just to just to end the headache of the whole thing. Absolutely. Ashley um, has asked, what was the program called? Ashley, I did put a link to it and it's called PropStream. And um, they do offer a free seven day tryout. And it's it's cool just to um, even if you decide not to go forward with it, it's fun to play around for the seven days, see what's on there. Yeah. I mean, so, Brian, you... what about Oh, sorry? No, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, so Denny uh, is a realtor, of course, a licensed realtor. And uh, I've, Denny, I've heard you rave many times about the information that's available on PropStream that is not available on the MLS. So, yes. Anyway. That is sadly true. Sadly true. So, yeah, homeowners in tax sale, uh, homeowners in pre-foreclosure, if you see any, um, you know, homeowners with judgments and liens, homeowners getting divorced. Um, you can contact all of these people. You can send them letters. 
postcards, you know, you can, some of these services will also offer you their contact information beyond just their address on public record. So right. things like their email address, their phone number, you can try reaching out to them that way. Um, you can also look for estate sales because heirs, people who inherit properties often want nothing to do with them. Um, you know, the, the last primary residence that I owned, um, I bought from a, uh, a couple of siblings who inherited the property from their, their father who died. Um, and it was a rental property when I bought it. Um, you know, it was in okay shape, but you know, not fantastic shape. The heirs didn't want anything to do with it. So I, I got a good deal on the property. Um, you know, I moved in yes. and just kind of gradually fixed it up over the next couple of years when I lived there. Um, so, you know, look for some of those, that, that can be a great way to find deals, um, from these, these heirs who just aren't that interested in the properties. And, um, a lot of these things are not only available on, you know, the different software that we'll discuss for a little, you know, in a little bit, but you can also, um, sometimes look in the county publications or the county websites and you'll see some of the listings for some of the stuff maybe not divorces divorces <laughs> are on prop stream yes they in are in some cases yes they are um and you know you can you can follow the the oldie but goodie strategy of driving for dollars you can look for vacant properties run down properties um you know properties that may be still occupied by tenants but are, are not very well taken care of you know absentee landlords um and we have a, a couple of links to help you with that. We have an article that goes into a great deal of detail about driving for dollars and how to do it. Um, and there's also, there's a mobile app that makes this really easy as well called Deal Machine. And uh, we'll, we'll send a link to that in the comments here as well. Um, Deal Machine's pretty cool. Like, so you just, you open the app on your phone and with it, you take a photo of a property and it will combine your, it'll use your GPS data and the, the photo data to pull up that property and all of its public records. So to pull up the owner's name, the owner's information, uh, contact details, um, when they bought the property, how much they bought it for, uh, mortgages and liens. Um, and you know, with a single button, you can have Deal Machine send out a postcard to that owner, you know, your, your template, your script um, to, uh, to get in touch with them and make them an offer on the property. Um, so and they are out there. I mean, I know with all that's going on, it may not seem, but I'm always my husband. I think he wants to hit me half the time. But every time we're driving somewhere, I'm like, ooh, look at that grass over there or <laughs> whatever. Um, so you know you're so. a real estate investor at heart. <laughs> always. But yeah, you know, a lot of these people are, are tired landlords. And those are another great group of of sellers to target, especially right now when there aren't really any foreclosures in the market or not many. Um, tired landlords, you know, people who have just had enough of the headaches of the ever increasing regulation of the eviction moratorium being extended five times, uh, tired of bad tenants, tired of bad contractors, you're tired of the, the never ending repairs and the maintenance. Uh, you know, a lot of these tired landlords, they just want to make the the pain go away and they're willing to sell their properties at a, a very reasonable price if you can settle quickly and give them a, a sure settlement so and edwin tars adds um why wait to invest a good deal is good in any time if the numbers work that's what matters that's so true too yeah edwin that's absolutely true and you know a lot of investors try to get fancy with timing the market don't try to do that. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a, you know, stock investors should know better than that. 
real estate investors should know better than that with housing markets. Um, don't try to time the market because today's price point could still be lower than tomorrow's dip. You know, if, if the prop, if let's say the housing market goes up by 20% over the next couple of years and then crashes by 15%, you know, even if you were to buy at the very bottom of that crash, that pricing is still higher than today's pricing. So don't try to time the market. It never works out. There are people way better informed and smarter than you are who don't know how to time the market accurately and can't do it. So seriously, <laughs> uh, like Edwin said, look for deals that cash flow today, that make sense right. today. And you can start earning a yield on these properties immediately. And you know, don't worry about the the appreciation. We're trying to speculate on how much it's going to go up in value over the next two years or whatever. Um, you know, buy buy properties that make sense in today's market, today's rents, today's cash flow, um, and you can't go wrong. Absolutely. What else, Brian? Is there that? Well, you know. If all else fails, you can just go buy a turnkey property, right? I mean, you can you can find a property maybe in a cheaper market than where you live. You know, a lot of us live in markets that aren't necessarily great for rental investing. Um, markets with either uh, too strong uh, regulation against landlords, or maybe the cap rates are low and don't make any sense. Maybe their home prices are too expensive. Um, you know, for it to be feasible to buy rental properties there. Uh, so go invest in a different market. Go go find a city somewhere else with you know better cap rates, lower home prices, uh, you know more landlord friendly regulations and laws. Um, so invest. Don't be afraid to invest long distance in today's world. Uh, you can buy a turnkey property that doesn't need any repairs or maintenance. You know maybe that even already has a tenant in it. Um, you know that's that's something you can do really easily nowadays, especially through platforms like Roofstock that are specifically designed for that. Uh, right. so we, we added a, a link to Roofstock in the um, uh, in the the comments here. So you can check them out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a platform for buying and selling turnkey rental properties, uh, and they specialize in helping people do that long distance with really good transparency for each property listed, uh, and a couple of really good guarantees. They guarantee that you're going to have a a, a rent paying tenant in there within two months, uh, and they guarantee that you'll be happy with the property. Uh, and if not, they have, there's a 30 day guarantee to basically return it. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, it's a great platform for long distance turnkey investing. Absolutely. Do you have anything to add? Um, well, I saw that, uh, Floyd Saunders said, he said, except it's not over. Um, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure what Floyd, which, what he's referring to there. Um, and I, I do appreciate the shout out here from Edwin. Uh, he says, love you guys. Take care. Uh, Edwin, we appreciate that. <laughs> we, we very much do. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, we, we want this show to be interactive. We want this to be about you guys and what you want to hear about uh, and, and your questions. So, you know, as always, you can always feel free to reach out to us by email, uh, ask us questions live during these broadcasts. And on that note, uh, no, Denny, I don't think there's anything else that I feel the need to uh, to get up on my soapbox about <laughs> for, for today's episode. Do you? No, no. All right. On your soapbox. <laughs> well, on that note, um, <laughs> please reach out to us anytime. You can message us through our Facebook page. You can email us, support at sparkrunnel.com. Let us know what you want to hear about next week. And we will catch you next Tuesday. Actually, next week, we have a guest. 
That's true, right? actually. <laughs> uh, we do have a guest next week. Um, Becky Nova will be joining us again. She joined us maybe six months ago. Um, we talked about how she reached financial independence with Reynolds in something like two and a half years. It was really fast. Um, and this time, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to talk some more too about international real estate investing. She and her husband own uh, some property in the Dominican Republic um, and possibly elsewhere by now. I, I don't remember, but you know, we'll have her on to talk about it next week. Uh, and by the way, uh, Kayla asked, what, what was the website for turnkey properties? And that is Roofstock. Uh, there's a link to it added in the uh, the comments here. And Brian Townsville said the moratorium uh, stepping on landlords without payment. That is true. That is true. It's been a, a, a tough time. There's been no bailout for landlords. <laughs> um, but, no. you know, no, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make real estate a bad investment. Uh, although I will confess that it has made me reassess what role rental properties will play in my passive income portfolio for financial independence. Um, Denny, you and I have been doing more land investing recently and less rental investing because um, land is virtually unregulated. So you know, it's a, I have found it to be a, a much more investor friendly space. Um, but you know, that is, every it's up to every single investor how they what kind of strategy they want to use to invest um we will, we've done some webinars on land investing we've talked about it on the uh, the podcast a few times and we will certainly talk more about that in the future as well so on that note uh we'll see you guys next tuesday at 2 p.m eastern uh looking forward to having becky nova on the show um and uh we'll see you then have a good week absolutely thanks for joining us have a great week have a good one guys did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.